Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Truth in the Trenches. Today's episode is all about motivating your teens, which can seem challenging, right? If you have a teenager or a preteen in your home and you are struggling to keep them going with their school, then this episode is for you. So find yourself a quiet place, grab yourself a cup of something hot, and enjoy. Before I start, I want to make sure that you guys are aware of the fact that I do not have teenagers in my home. My oldest child, I have five kids, and my oldest is 10. He will be 11 this year. So while I feel like I'm kind of entering into some of the preteen, adolescent attitudes maybe we're dealing with a little bit more, I am not officially dealing with teenagers in my home. So I'm kind of coming from this, from my own experience, really, from my own experience of what it was like being homeschooled as a teenager and my own lack of motivation and having talked with other parents and having talked, you know, a lot with my own mother about her experience to kind of get an idea of how you can move forward and giving you practical tips and tricks and advice. So that's where this is coming from. I'm not an expert by any means, but I hope that it is helpful in some way and that you can pull something away from it. All right, so I'm really just going to give you five tips, and you can actually find this over on my blog as well. So if you prefer to read it, you can go to hiphomeschoolingblog.com, and if you search teens, you're going to find this post. So if you're short on time, feel free to go over there. I'm not going to read it verbatim. I'm going to read the points, and then I'm going to chat about them, but it's going to give you a framework. So... The very first thing that I recommend if your teen or preteen is totally disinterested or you're just really struggling to get them motivated or, you know, to push them to do their work is that you need to choose strong curriculum. So that can look like different things and it's going to be different for every family and it's going to be different for every child. There's online school, there's co-ops, and there are some really good curriculum options out there. It was interesting, I was talking to some other homeschool moms a few days ago, and they were talking about how, um, I, I think being a little judgmental of people who spend a lot of money on curriculum, saying I don't understand that because there's so many ways you can make your own curriculum, there's so much free stuff out there, why would anyone spend that kind of money on curriculum? I kind of kept my mouth shut a little bit, but the reality is, is that I have seen where there are situations where spending more money on your curriculum can make a massive difference in the success of your homeschool because sometimes we're pushing and we're trying, we're working so hard on trying to find what works for our kids and you're looking every single day or you're using something simply because it's cheap, but the reality is the quality is not there and your child is disinterested or not being challenged or whatever, you're going crazy because it's not planned well, whatever the dynamic might be there, sometimes the answer is choosing a more expensive curriculum. Now that's not to say that just because there is a, a higher price tag on something that that thing is more value. And that's where it's really hard. I understand it's very hard for homeschool moms if you're new to the scene to try to figure out which curriculum is just putting a higher price tag on something because of how much content there is and which curriculum is putting a higher price tag on things because it's better value, because it is written well, because it's worth it. And it's hard to differentiate between those. I have tried and reviewed curriculum in the past that was so 
thick, so much where you felt like you were getting a lot of value because it was just full. There was so much, you guys. It was like box for this. Anyways, I'm not going to say what it was. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But it was a, it was a very big, thick, thick, thick books, thick textbooks. And you really felt like you were getting the value. You got it and you're like, well, that was worth the hundred and whatever dollars. But as I went through it, it was so much. I felt like I was just like constantly pushing through this long, long lessons. And I realized, I learned, see, failures are learning opportunities. I learned that more is not necessarily the answer. And for me, that was not valuable. That was not something that I would attach monetary value to just because it had more. It was actually making my life a lot harder. So all that to say, there is an answer in that. And we'll talk more about that in the next podcast. We're going to be talking a little bit more about curriculum because I want to give you guys some um, better options. But right now, I just want you to understand that choosing a strong curriculum can be one of your most important keys. So if you are struggling with teaching them language arts or teaching them math or teaching them science, we teach the way we learn. We also teach and and our actual expression of the way that we teach is going to come across based off of our own interests. So what I mean by that is if science bores me to tears, then when I teach my child science, I will come across as boring because I'm not passionate about it. I don't care about it. If I don't understand and I hate language arts and I can't stand writing, then when I try to get my child to write this paper, they are going to feel that disinterest in me and that lack of passion and drive and creativity. And they are going to feel those same things. Not to say that maybe they aren't good at LA. They might be great at LA, but because my own monotony in teaching it, it's actually killing their own enthusiasm to even really give it a shot. So With younger kids, you guys don't get caught up in that. Don't think you have to be an expert or passionate about everything because you won't be. But if you've got teenagers and you can't give them that passion for each subject, some other things to look into are online subjects or co-ops. And one of the things that my mom did was she put us, once we were in high school age, she put us in co-ops and all the moms got together and they all said, okay, this is my gift or this is what I'm passionate about or this is what I took school for and they all chose different subjects to teach. Now we were all getting value because someone who was teaching me science had a Bachelor of Science and was passionate about it and good at it and she gave me a love for science, a love for science. Somebody else taught us literature and poetry that was very, very, very passionate about it, which then gave me a love and I was willing to dig into that. So be be open to other things. It's not always, the answer is not always all this curriculum and you teaching everything. You might need to broaden your horizons and find some other, other ways of, of, you want to make sure that it is passionately coming across to your kids. Hopefully that makes sense. So that's my number one point because I think that's actually the thing that's, often miss the most when we're dealing with teenagers is that the older that they get, um, the harder it is to really offer that same level, that same caliber of teaching to them in each subject and the more important that becomes. So that's where you need to choose if you're weak in an area, really good curriculum or look outside of yourself and see what other options you have around you. Now, point number two is master the fine art of letting go. All right. So your kids are entering, it depends on the age, if you're dealing with, you know, a preteen or you're, you're dealing with a, an 
advanced teenager as to how far you're going to take this. But you know that teens want independence, right? They want independence and they're getting to a point where they kind of can't stand mom telling them all the time what to do and how to do it. And the reality is, is that because they are homeschooled, they get overkill of that. It's, it's unfailing. They are told what to do every second of their day, essentially, and it can get to be an awful lot. You have to understand that our kids are entering into independence. And, and as much as that might not always feel like the goal, <laughs> we know in our heads, but watch in your heart because it can seem like a goal in our heads that we're working towards, but our heart of wanting our kids to be our kids and wanting to help them and knowing that we have a better way can actually distract us from what our heads know. And before we know it, we are heading down a direction of of being so controlling over what our kids are doing and how they're doing it simply because we are forgetting to follow what we know, which is that our kids have to learn how to be more independent. And as they learn to be more independent, they're going to fail and they're going to do things wrong and they're going to do things that we wouldn't do because they have to. That's how they're going to learn. So we have to be aware of that. And I think continually reassessing and pulling back a little bit and going through almost a, a, maybe for you a daily, maybe for someone else a weekly or a monthly reassess where you're sitting down and saying, okay, how much more, where's my kid at and where I'm at? have things changed? Do I need to step back a little bit more and give them some more freedom, some more independence? But also you can, you can, you guys, you can get involved. There's an art to this. You can get involved while offering independence. So I'm going to talk how that looks maybe more in school down a little bit later, but even in their, in their lives, right? Things that you can do is getting involved in their youth groups or getting involved with their friends, having their friends over to your house where you can host and kind of keep an eye on things and be involved, but you're allowing it to be more free and giving them their space. But at the same time, you're kind of there. You're that, that buffer. You know what I mean? You're that balance that is always there and that they can depend on. So I think that's really important. Another thing is as you're letting go, a practical aspect of this for homeschooling is specifically in their scheduling. So um, one of the things we'll talk, this kind of blends in with point number three. So point number three is helping them stay motivated. So you want to you wanna let go, but you also want to help them stay motivated. And you would be shocked at how closely these two are intertwined. Your own motivation rarely comes from somebody telling you to be motivated. Motivation, true motivation and inspiration comes from yourself. It might be sparked by something that you hear or something that you see, but true motivation comes from you, yourself, and it comes outward. So what we want to do when we are when we are giving them more of their independence then we are also allowing them space to have that creativity come out of themselves and for them to choose that they want to do school. Because you guys, if we're telling our kids constantly that they have to do it, do it, do it, we come into the public school problem that allows our kids to 
come to a place where they are doing things solely so that they are checking off the boxes, so that they're doing what they have to do for the sake of that teacher, for the sake of the government, for the sake of that test. They're not learning anything because they actually want to. And that is the absolute last thing that we want to do as homeschoolers because we have the opportunity to offer so much more. We can offer our kids a education that they have some control over and they can choose based on their interests and they can be self-motivated and they can learn about it because they want to learn about it. So this is why these two are intertwined and here's some practical points of that. The main thing that I'm going to recommend for you guys is that you involve them in setting goals and in having some control over what that looks like. Okay, so... Um, you can use this in your planning, your weekly planning. I personally would suggest something like this. Once a week, sit down with your kids and say, all right, what, what do you want to do this week? And, and I'm talking socially. So they say, I want to go over to my friend's house and I have youth group or I've got this and I've, you know, they, they kind of schedule it in, get them a little planner, get them their own planner and say, okay, you're, they're writing all this stuff in. Okay. I got the youth group on this night. I got this on this night and fill in their social calendar first. And then you can say, all right, what lessons, have them plan this with you from the very beginning. How many lessons do we have in these, in these different subjects? How much do we need to do each day to get that done? So we know that we, we need to do these things. So you figure out how you're going to do it and how you want to fit it all in to get it done so that you can go to these fun things that you want to go to. So now they have some control. They know they still have to do what they need to do. However, they kind of aren't micromanaged. That's what we don't want to do. We don't want to micromanage our teens. So they have a little bit of freedom to now say, okay, well, I want to focus mostly on math for this day and then be done with it. Or I want to alternate my subjects or I want to do my writing project on the first two days and get that out of the way and then I'm going to focus on science and whatever. They can arrange it how they want and that's the only way that they're really going to learn too how to set realistic goals, how to work through and meet those goals and expectations that they have and how to manage their time. Because if we don't give them an opportunity to learn how to manage their time, then all we've done is controlled every aspect of their life and then they're graduating and they're going off to college and they have no capability of, of understanding expectation and meeting that expectation. And sometimes I think we talk about the fact that and we do, I believe firmly, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it, that we can offer our kids so much more in homeschooling. We can, being the keyword, we can. However, there are some things that can make it harder. And one of the things I believe that can make it harder is that when we have so closely, we're not a teacher dealing with 30 students who the 30 students have some brief direction, but they kind of have to do what they have to do. They have their homework. They have this. There's a lot of stuff they have to do, too much in my opinion. But in a homeschool environment, there is a lot more flex, right? There's a lot more freedom. There's a lot more freedom for everybody's sake because everybody so deeply impacts our whole family. So if that thing is not done on that day, it's okay because I don't want to have to make that happen because I have this for that child and this for that child and it's much easier to give and take on things, which is a benefit, but it can also then 
be a detriment to our children as they become teenagers and, and are growing into young adults because they haven't really learned how to manage their time, how to have strict deadlines, and how to stick with those. So I feel like if we can give them the structure of a bigger goal, not necessarily day to day, give them the structure of bigger goals. It could even be monthly goals. But then let them have some freedom and flexibility in how to make that happen and walking that out. Then they're also going to be learning the time management. They're going to learn that it's not a good idea to procrastinate because now that last week or that last day or that last you know few days, they're missing out on stuff because they have to jam stuff in because they didn't just plug away at it like the tortoise. Okay, we want our kids to learn some tortoise traits here. So that's really one of my biggest recommend- recommendations for your teenagers is get them their own planner. And then going bigger than that, I'm just going to make sure this isn't my, no. Okay. Going bigger than that is to sit down with them just as we kind of sit down at the beginning of the year and we make some big yearly goals. This is what we want to see this year. This is what we want to accomplish. We need to have those big planning sessions with our teens. Now I know that because of the nature of teens who are always dreaming and thinking about what they should be doing, you're probably having these conversations quite often already. But make time for those conversations because your kids are going to have a million dreams and there are many of them, most of them, not going to happen, right? Because they're learning. They're trying to figure out what they want to do and where they fit and what their passions and interests are. And that's the whole point of that age group. But if they have a dream, then you need to run with it. Okay, you, you're you interested, for example, now, yeah, me, my dreams change drastically. Um, but one of my things that I had been interested in, and we had talked about a lot when I was a teen, was that I was really interested in either going to massage therapy or nursing or something in the kind of the medical side of things. So we talked a lot about sciences and how I needed to have these certain things in order to my sciences and my maths if I was ever going to go into anything in the medical fields. Um, so it's just, it's things you want to talk about. And, and the more your kids' dreams change, the more they say, okay, over here they're interested in this and the next day they're interested in something else, great. Because now you can adjust the goals and overall they're going to be exploring and learning about different things. So we need to have those bigger goals. You want to travel, you want to go and, and, and explore things and do things, okay, but how are you going to support yourself? It's not to say you have to have this, you know, huge college education, but is there some sort of a certificate or some sort of training that you need? What, what are your goals? What are your plans? What would you like to see in your life? And how can you get there? And, and even them understanding that aside from the educational value, that learning the actual process of setting goals and sticking with them is going to benefit them in their lives. And talk about that. The more conversations you can have about that and them seeing the bigger picture, the more motivated they're going to be in their school because they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for themselves. And that's what you want to capture in your kids so that they are catching the spark, so that they are inspired within themselves. And it's not coming from you anymore. It's coming from them. Does that make sense? That's like, it's so huge. It's so key. And it might take you a year of reading different books and and tons of discussions and trying different curriculum to find it. But one day you're going to find this spark in your kids and everything's just going to shift. So I encourage you, if you're struggling, if your teen is just, you know, you feel like you're hitting your head against a wall and you're losing them or they're not engaged or they're not interested, try some different things. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Um, The next two points that I had on here, I think we were at three, right? I'll just whip through quickly because it's more blog 
you know, related. Um, point number four was to buy or borrow these three books. So this was an interview I actually done with my mom, who I'm one of six children, and she is still homeschooling my youngest sister, who is in grade... Is it bad that I don't even know? I don't even know what grade she's in. 10, 9, 9. I think she's grade 9. Anyways, um, so she said there was three books that really impacted her own journey through teaching her kids. And one of them was Max Lucado's Cure for the Common Life. Uh, another one was Have a New Teenager by Friday by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Lemon? Lehman? I think it's, I would pronounce it Lehman, but now I'm second guessing. And Raising a Modern Day Knight. And I can't see who the author is on that because it's too small. I'm going to post the links to these on my actual podcast blog post. So if you go to hiphomeschoolingblog.com at the top, you'll see podcast. And then you'll see this post. And I will make sure to post those links so you can check them out. But she said that these three books were ones that she really referenced a lot when she was struggling. Um, and that just really impacted her and helped her find her kids passions and interests and how to speak and relate to them and help their own vision grow within themselves um the last point that i'm going to make and then i'm going to pop off look you guys 20 minutes woohoo is to keep them busy and you know it's like toddlers keep them busy so that they've got things to do and it's it's exhausting with toddlers because they're such a short attention span but as far as this is less about motivation and more about just teens in general and and you know working with teens and keeping your teens i'm more talking here about keeping your teens because it's so easy and i hear story after story after story of and i've seen it where teens you know they hit that that they're great they're great they're great and then they hit the teenage years and they're off with their friends and they're rebelling and they want nothing to do with mom and dad and they're struggling and then they're getting into drinking and you know like it, it can become this this cliff this precipice that you are terrified of i'm i'm just i'm i get stressed my husband says he's greatly looking forward to having teenagers and there's a part of me that is as well because for me of course it was my favorite time with my own mom I love discussions and um, talking with her and dreaming and just loved it but I do know that it's going to be very stressful I'm aware of that and that we've got a lot of kids that I'm hoping are gonna you know stay true and come out on the other side with still a good relationship with us so one of the biggest things for that is keeping your kids busy. And as homeschoolers, now I, I don't recommend running around and putting your kids in a billion different things, but the great thing is once they're teenagers, get them their license as soon as they possibly can so that they can go out and get more involved in good things. And not only good things, things that fill them and motivate them and inspire them. So some of the things that I did as a teenager was I volunteered in our local retirement home and that was hard for me. It wasn't necessarily something that I was super excited to go do. I, it wasn't that I was you know, like youth group or something, but it gave me a sense of purpose and a vision. And it was something bigger than myself. It was giving back. It, it helped shift my perspective away from myself, which as a teenager, your perspective is so focused on your own world and your own problems. And we want to help our kids to focus outwards. You know, don't get caught up in your own big huge spiral thinking you need to think outside of yourself and so it helped me to think outside of myself and it did give me inspiration as i worked 
on something that I felt like was a part of something bigger that then came forward into not just school, but it came forward into my entire life because it, it gave me a value system and it inspired me outside. So I encourage you guys, that's it. That's the tips that I have. But if you're struggling, if you're just like either coming into it and you're just ready to, you know, run, you can't because, you know, it's, it's upon you whether you want it or not. It's here. Um, or whether you're just struggling getting them motivated with school and you're racking your brain, hopefully that gives you some tips and some ideas and some practical things that you can try. But if nothing else, I hope that it encourages you that A, it's possible, and that B, I'm a personal testimony to this. I went through it, and I can tell you that it is possible to raise a child, to homeschool a child, to still have a good relationship with that child and to motivate and, and have them be motivated and inspired and take that through through their life. And I think one of the greatest testimonies of being homeschooled is the fact that I wanted so badly to do it with my kids. What better legacy can you pass on knowing that your child valued that so much and saw the value in that so much that they wanted to do it. So it, it's possible, you guys. And there is, there is something. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So I hope you guys have an amazing homeschool week. I hope you tune in again next week. We're going to talk more about curriculum and specifically choosing curriculum and making your own and whatever else my brain thinks of throughout the week. But you can always find me over on my blog, hiphomeschoolingblog.com. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram is hip homeschooling and I would love to see you guys connect with you and get to know you more and otherwise enjoy your week.